There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. It's the Premier League preview show for week 11 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Rennie and this week we'll talk about the biggest test of Arsenal's unbeaten run as Liverpool come to town. Tottenham play their third game in six days away to Wolves and whether Bournemouth can push Manchester United further below them in what could be a great top six battle this season. Let's say hello to our panel. Uh, with us is TalkSport's football editor, David Walker. Also with us, two debutants on the Premier League preview show, the former Watford, Huddersfield and Leicester striker Ewan Roberts and Jason Yule, once of Charlton, Wimbledon, Blackpool in the Premier League. Great to have you both with me and Dave this week. We start the show with Leicester City, who are preparing to play their first game since the tragic events of last Saturday when a helicopter belonging to club owner Vishaya Sriwatanaprabha crashed to the ground after takeoff, killing all five people on board. Their match in the Carabao Cup in midweek against Southampton was postponed, but after consultation between the league and the club, it has been confirmed that this match is happening on Saturday. Players have been paying their respects all week, as well as fans who have been gathering outside the King Power to pay tribute to a man who it seems was beloved by so many, having been in charge during the 5,000-1 title-winning side and done much to win hearts and minds in the city as well as the club. There's going to be a minute silence before this match at the Cardiff City Stadium, and I was also reading earlier today that Leicester fans are planning to sing the club anthem when you're smiling and to lift their scarves above their heads in the 60th minute. Ewan, let's come to you first on this. Obviously, a very, very tough week for Leicester's fans and players and everyone connected with the club, and it... It must be very tough for these guys to prepare for a match on Saturday. I, I don't think how much preparation they would have done for for the Cardiff game, Tom. Um, it's been a horrendous week for, for, for Leicester, not just a club, but as a city as well. Um, as a former player, if I was in this situation, I think I would want to play, in all honesty, because for that hour and a half, when, when you're out there, you can sort of put things to the back of your mind for, for a while I wouldn't say forget about things but concentrate on on, on what you do best and, and playing football so I can understand that, that the Leicester players have agreed to, to play the game, they would have thought long and hard, there would have been long discussions about what the right thing to do was, I think Cardiff were quite happy to do whatever play the game, get it postponed and I can understand on the other side where there's not too many midweek games in the Premier League. I think their first midweek fixture is in December. 
but I do think it's the right thing and if it was me I would want to play. There is a match this Saturday at the Cardiff City Stadium between Cardiff and Leicester City. A three o'clock kick-off, but it feels a little bit odd to us this week on the Premier League preview show to talk about team news and, and how we see the game going with what everyone at Leicester has had to deal with this week. The players want to play. The clubs want to play this game. Cardiff City had offered to postpone and Leicester City want to play this game and it's going to be all about paying tribute to those that sadly passed away and obviously everyone here at the preview show which is everyone at Leicester all the best for this weekend and what's to come in the, in the coming weeks and months when we come back in a few moments time we're going to get on with our regular scheduled program we'll talk about all the fixtures that are taking place this weekend and we'll talk about Liverpool's visit to Arsenal that's next the play goes on through Salah looking for his second of the game Mane looking for his second of the game as well and it's another wonderful finish from Sadio Mane. Cardiff, a man down on the field temporarily, and boy did the Reds make them pay. It's another thrilling, incisive counter-attack from Liverpool. In goes the corner, flicks off a one-head, then another, it's in, it's 2-1. It's 2-1, it has been given, and the man who I said it had very little impact on the game, Pierre-Everick Aubameyang, puts it in. Right, next up on the preview show, Arsenal up against Liverpool, Saturday, 5.30 UK time. We've got a 7.45 game Saturday as well. A long day for radio producers Saturday. <laughs> uh, Arsenal winless in their last six Premier League meetings with Liverpool, their longest such run since 94-2000, to 2000, but they have been fantastic this season. Have the Gunners seven wins from their opening 10, 22 points, just four behind the Reds. Liverpool unbeaten in their last 11 Premier League games, conceding just four in that run and Jason Yule that's where I wanted to start with Liverpool because we talk a lot about Salah and Mane and Firmino and Shakiri last week and, and what they can do going forward but defensively absolutely phenomenal at the start of this season just four goals conceded uh, and one of them was that scrappy one that Cardiff nicked uh, which shouldn't have counted I think you and agrees um, but I mean let's talk about them defensively and the improvements they've made because it has been fantastic I think it's the prayers have been answered by for the Liverpool fans in terms of they knew they needed a pairing or they needed a centre-back in terms of who's going to move them forward because everyone knows what they were like going up the pitch and it was always that case of, OK, if we're going to score four, we're probably going to concede three. But bringing Van Dijk in, which was probably six months overdue from when they actually tried to get him originally... And you look at the money they pay now, you're probably thinking, yeah, that's absolute, that's an absolute steal that we've got. And he's actually forming a great partnership now with Joe Gomez. And people forget that he's someone that missed 18 months of football. Mm. Now he's come back slowly, integrated into the team in terms of playing as a right back, a centre half. And now it's saying the, 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 the partnership that they've, they've formed with Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson on the, on, on the left side and right side. It's 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 the package you want as a back four. Very comfortable of getting up the pitch in terms of attacking play, getting back and defending. And as a unit, it's they all know the roles now, and I think that's what helps. It's going back to the, the Arsenal George Graham era is that we're working together, we're defending, we're attacking together, and I think they're taking the pride now in terms of look, we know we're going to score goals, but let's not let's not concede goals and I think that's the that's the plus from it they, they're looking like a team now that do not want to concede goals but they're going to have a test this weekend aren't they Arsenal's attack has been very impressive this season it's probably going to be one of the, the, the best attacks they've faced so far they've had Huddersfield and Cardiff in the last few weeks and not great going forward it has to be said so away from home to Arsenal I know Arsenal didn't get that that extra win that they wanted last week against Palace but 
this is it's a massive test in different ways for, for both teams I think isn't it I just look at that Arsenal back four um, and I don't think they will cope with the movement and the pace of those Liverpool forwards I think it promises to be a magnificent game I think we'll see plenty of goals you know will Shaka how will he cope playing at that left back position do you think you'll be left back this weekend well, who, who I, think, I, th- I think that Monreal's going to be fit for it I think it's. I think I'd rather Shaka, <laughs> but I just think in terms of it gives you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it. Think it, you probably look at it in terms of look, if I can get Monreal full training week and get at least 60, 70 minutes out of him, I think that'll probably give them a little bit more confidence of knowing that Salah's going to be up against the Shaka. I think in terms of a, what Unai Emery's thinking of is. I'm going to need a natural left back if I'm coming up against Amosa. He has to, to be thinking yeah. that because there is no one else. Is can he go and switch to a back three and play with wing backs? I think that's going to spoil the momentum of how they've been playing and also what he's been starting as a four-three-three. But I can't see Xhaka playing there at left back. And we all know how Emery wants Arsenal to play from the back, out from the goalkeeper, and we all know how Klopp wants Liverpool to press high. It's going to be an interesting battle. The Xhaka thing I find so interesting because I think Emery wants his left foot in the team. He wants him taking the corners, he wants him taking the free kicks, but he doesn't want him in midfield. They look stronger when Torreira and Guendouzi yeah, are together. Think, so you've got to find a way to play it because no one else on Arsenal can cross a ball. And that's the thing, it's when you play with that, that free in midfield and it's he can have probably Xhaka as a pivot and have Guendouzi and Torreira as the two advanced ones, but then there's someone else who's missing out. And I think at the moment he is probably accommodating Xhaka and he's been able to get him in the team because Monreal's fit now. If Monreal does come back and play, does he take out a Gunduzi? Because I think he's going to be someone you're going to need against a Liverpool who can get around the pitch I think quickly. Really well. I think he's been a great snip, yeah. like great buyer from yeah. what they've from a young lad who's just stepped in. I know first two games of the season were difficult games, but he didn't look out of place. And I think that he's grown the more that he's played. I know he got taken out for a little period, I think for a bit of adjustment, but I think him and Torreira complement each other and I think they'll be vital against the Liverpool midfield and the pace that they have in their team. Um, looking at Liverpool's pace, how much did it hurt Cardiff last week and should it have hurt them more? Because it was a little bit laboured again, despite the the result in the end looking quite comfortable. It, it wasn't a comfortable win. Um... I think they played within themselves. They got that early goal um, and they probably thought it was job done. They knew Cardiff didn't really have the the tools to hurt them. They got that second goal and I think it was looking forward to to the next game. Then Cardiff, obviously, they nicked one back with about 14 minutes to go and you get that sort of nervousness uh, around Anfield and that's when they probably stepped up the gear and got two late goals, whether Cardiff... They, they thought they had to try and get that equaliser they threw men forward and we all know that when you do that against Liverpool when you when you when you're sending men forward trying to nick a goal trying to get level in the game they can hurt you on the counter attack that's when they're at the best with Arsenal's back line uh, we mentioned some of the players that are going to be out for this game so Monreal might come back Hector Bayern picked up an injury Wednesday uh, there's also El Nenny would be defensive midfielder is going to be out you mentioned Monreal already Kalasinac is a doubt for this game Mavropanos is going to be out I think to after the international break Lauren Koscielny you know how long is a piece of string with his sort of injury just looking ahead a little bit 
if they remain within four points, three points of, of Liverpool going into January, would you expect them to spend again and, and buy some some defenders? I mean, Mustafi last week for that penalty against Crystal Palace. I mean, how many times do we have to talk about Mustafi not being good enough to play for Arsenal? If they had Virgil van Dijk, I'm thinking about even people like, I watched Issa Diop this week at 21. You know, that, he's the kind of guy that will make the Arsenal back line better. There are players in the Premier League that will make him better. Harry Maguire, another one we mentioned earlier on in the programme, would, would make Arsenal better than what they've already got. Would you imagine it if they were close enough? I think it doesn't matter if they're close enough or not. I think he's probably looking as an area that I yeah. need to strengthen in. Because, like you said, you mentioned four of those centre-halves and it's similar to what we were talking about off-air about Manchester United. It is a little bit of a, let's Fox throw names yeah, yeah, throw the yeah. names up in the air and see who, who plucks out the two names first or drops to the floor but I think it is a worry I think at the moment I just said about teams scoring more and not wanting to concede as many but with an Arsenal you can actually see that because they're always vulnerable when they are defending and it's at the moment you've got Leno who stepped in and been doing well he's pulling off some good saves but I just think the back four is just not good enough I think he will he will go out and spend yeah. regardless because he doesn't treat it as his own money as Arsene Wenger did, you know, for some reason Arsene Wenger, he, there was a reluctancy there to, to go out and spend. Unai Emery, I think, I think he'll he'll go out and spend. The example is Jurgen Klopp. When he came into Liverpool, it, it was in a similar sort of situation as to what Emery has inherited at Arsenal in terms of there was a very unbalanced squad. There were key areas of the team which were obviously not good enough. And you can't change it all in one transfer window. And it's taken him four or five windows to eventually get all of those pieces right. And now this season, it's all there. The defence, the goalkeeper, the midfield, the attackers. There aren't really any weak points, obvious weak points in that Liverpool squad anymore. And I think Emery and Arsenal fans have got to look at it in the same way. This season, if they finish in the top four, top six, whatever, that's great. But it's next season, it's the season after, where they'll be trying to get right back up to the top table. With that Liverpool midfield, Fabinho has suddenly started getting some games, having not been around for the first few months of the season. Uh, was it the Champions League game played in midweek where he was yeah. fantastic? Yeah. Lots of great tackles around the, around the pitch. And, of course, Naby Keita's out. Jordan Henderson, he's always going to be injured. You know, He's always going to get maybe 20, 25 games a season. That's about it. Who plays in midfield? Is it Fabinho, Lalana, and Milner? Is that strong enough? Midfield three? I mean... Oh, it's, it's one of those things that on paper you're like oh no rubbish and then no. you watch it and you think wow that three are great I think at the moment who's been top man for them is um, Gigi Wijnaldum I think he's just been growing and growing game by game for Liverpool where he went so long without scoring a goal and all of a sudden he's gets, he gets his first away goal I think it was and I think now the Liverpool fans are actually looking and thinking he's actually a big player for us now I think everyone knew the type of big player that Milner is in a different type of way in the versatility but you're looking at Wijnaldum now he's, and he's just grown into a Liverpool and Klopp type man so I think he's now I think earned his right to be a starter without a doubt and he's actually changed his role to yeah. a degree because at Newcastle and for Holland he's he's an attacking midfielder mm. really you know he he can score you a goal so he's, he's had to sort of change the way he plays I just look at the options they've got in midfield and they're all very similar very similar type players full of energy big strong have they got that something different to unlock a door for the likes of Mane Salah Firmino 
I think they could do with with some more creativity in that midfield. Mm. Um, Shakiri is my final question for this game because he has been very, very good last couple of weeks. The goal we scored against Cardiff just showed great composure, great a vital moment in a game. Um, is he pushing for a place when the front three are fully fit? Sadio Mane's got some injuries at the minute, uh, some issues at the minute. But if they're in the strongest three, or we talk about the strongest three, is he in it now with the way he's played? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't think? Not no, even the way no, he's no. Uh, the, the way he's setting goals up no, and he's fantastic at no. Brighton. He's well instead of Mane or or Firmino, I suppose. <laughs> and Salah's not been amazing. I mean, why not? No, I mean, I, I see it as I don't. I don't think he would have been a Jurgen Klopp buy. But when you're thinking of an international at twelve million at twelve million pound, it is a no-brainer because yeah. mm. if you're thinking that this guy's not going to fit into my squad, you're going to go and pay double for someone who who may take a bit of time. Who if hasn't got the quality? Who haven't probably got. got the quality? Hasn't played yeah. in the Premier League. But I think with someone that for twelve thirty mil, you go and get. But him coming into the club, he knows he's not going to be playing ahead of Mo Salah. So what he's got to be doing is he's thinking, right, I'm at a club where it's we're going to new levels and I'm going to be a part of that. I want to keep working hard. If any one of those front three slip up, he can step in. So you can see now it took a little bit of time to adjust. I think there was the highlighted thing after the PSG game, I think it might have been, or the one game where Klopp's come and started probably giving him a bit. Oh, post-game. Post-game yeah, they might on have been the PSG, pitch. yeah. But might have got blown out of context, but I think it's probably what he probably needed in terms of, right, this is what I expect from you, this is what I want you to do. And I think if one of those front three do slip up, I think he's in a position now where he's used to the Liverpool way and he'll earn the opportunity to come and get his games. If if Klopp wants to rest one of two of of, of the of the forward three players in maybe the, the lesser games mm. in the Premier League, then he's a great replacement to have. Well, this is not a lesser game in the Premier League. Are we going to get a big game delivering this weekend, Dave? That's the question. I say every week, we've not <laughs> had one, have we? You said earlier on you and you think there's going to be goals in this. We've said this, what, last two or three weeks when there's been big... Tottenham Man City was terrible. Yeah. No entertainment value there. What's the Liverpool, other one? Liverpool Man City. Liverpool nil, Man nil. City. Nil-nil. Um, Liverpool have scored seven goals in their last two visits to the Emirates. I was mm. reading... Was it, this game has got an average in the Premier League... Uh, sorry, the it's last five Premier League games... Of five point four yeah. goals per game. Surely this is it, right? I think it's just because it's earlier in the season. I think no one doesn't really want to open up just yet. So, so I but think don't you normally get the madness at the start of the season? Not, not quite. I so start of the season, many, we say, "Oh, no one knows each other." End of the season, there's too much on it. Too many competing in and around and those not, positions. Not imperative for either side so to, to go, go for, for it. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. It. So we'll see. We'll see. It might be imperative for Bournemouth or Man United this weekend in what we are billing from now onwards as the battle for sixth. That's the game we're talking about next. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Young, his ball is half steer clear by the acrobatic Zuma. Pogba picks it up. It's Martial! It's a wonderful strike. 2-0 to Manchester United. Brilliant shape on the shot as he sent it spiralling into the bottom right-hand corner. Nothing that Pickford or any keeper in the world could have done about that. Bournemouth against Man United, the first game of the weekend, 12.30 UK time on Saturday. The Fighting Cherries unbeaten in six Premier League home games with their last defeat at the Vitality coming in April against Manchester United. Um, Bournemouth under Eddie Howe, how many times have we had this discussion? Ewan, let's come to you first on this. Is this the best Bournemouth we have seen during their time in the Premier League? And why has it gone to this new height this season already after, after 10 games? 20 points. Phenomenal. Might as well say they're safe. They're safe. Um, it's been a magnificent start. They, they struggled at the beginning of, of last season, sort of got themselves together and got themselves away from from that relegation battle. I think he added ever so well in, in the summer. I think the young boy, David Brooks, who they signed from Sheffield Wednesday, he's got better and better every time I've seen him. He's got his first couple of, of Premier League goals. And they've got good forward options and at home at the Vitality that are a tough, tough team to beat. Do you think people are surprised by how on the front foot Bournemouth are That's the way in every play. game? I mean, it's 3-4-3, three, three, but it might as well be like Cook stays back and everyone else is gone. That's the, All of them. That is the way they play and it's refreshing to see, you know, Eddie Howe has got a certain style of play that he wants his team team to go out and and, 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 and show and that's what you get whether they, they're playing at home whether they're playing away it's how he is and, and the players have done him proud You've got to be cautious to win in the Premier League haven't you? You haven't got the best squad Five at the back Allardyce it through <laughs> Their record might suggest otherwise Tom But I mean I, I go back to what I mentioned earlier about when you get or needing that bit of quality in their side and I think they've got more of that now I think because you know that you've got King is going to score your goals Callum Wilson is getting your goals Ryan Fraser's yeah. now stepped up. You've got David Brooks, like you just mentioned, who's come into it. You know, that's four players that are your match winners or people that can unlock doors with a bit of quality. Defensively, they actually look stronger as well. I mean, Aki's now yeah. stepped up into Brilliant. the player which we all thought that he would have been. I mean, it's not disappointed that he's doing it at Bournemouth, probably a little bit, but I think what it does is it gets him another move in time. Puts him in the shop window. It puts him in the yeah. shop window. So, they've always been that way inclined in terms of high press full of energy like I said earlier but lacking that bit of quality but now they've got a few more bits of energy and quality in the team which are actually getting on results which are paying off now for the performance that they're putting in With Eddie Howe I mean I don't want to broaden this out too much but it is worth asking as Jason sort of raised the point there how much is that doggy in the window and when is someone going to take that 
Bournemouth manager with a waggly tail home for their own. When is someone going to come in and give Eddie Howe £150 million to spend in the transfer window? What sort of club? Is it ever going to happen for him? Because I feel like he's been tomorrow's man to the point we're in tomorrow and he's still at the same club. I think he's quite happy to be there at the I moment. think he is. He's, he's too not, happy. He's not I someone think. I think will be desperate to, to leave. He's never he, going to get the he sack, has, He has left in the past, and it, didn't, uh, it yeah. didn't work out for him for a number of reasons that he's been quite open about. But at some point, a big, bigger job will come up. Uh, I've actually seen people, to, I think it was a journalist I saw today on, on Twitter, speculating that if Pochettino was to leave Spurs in the near future, Spurs could could do a lot worse than, than going for Eddie Howe. He might fit their, their model, fit their players in terms mm. of the way of football he plays. He improves young players. He's never he's had actually has had a reasonable amount of money to spend, relatively speaking, at Bournemouth. It's been a bit hit and miss, and some of the signings he's brought in for the bigger money haven't worked out. Some have. So that would be interesting, but I mean, if you go to Spurs, you know, maybe that isn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's the, it's the big question. Him and Sean Dyche really are the two sort of most high-profile English managers that mm. have never really properly been linked with a bigger job. And, and you have to say they certainly deserve to be at some point by what they've both done with their clubs. Um, and that leads us quite nicely to Jose Mourinho, who's had a lot of money to spend at his current club. Um, and yet these players don't seem to be performing as they could. Uh, good win, though, against Everton last week. I wanted to raise this, actually. The penalty last week, which went to Everton, I thought Chris Smalling was absolutely appalling there. Like, awful defending. Richarlison might be good, but he, I mean... He, he knew it as well, didn't he? Absolutely. But I'm watching the coverage of the game, and everyone's talking about Paul Pogba doing a silly pass, silly pass forward, silly yeah. lob forward. That is not the reason that Everton got <laughs> no, a penalty. No, but well, well it is because he it loses, it's a, no, it's, it's a, it loses <laughs> the ball. It's a contributory factor, Graham Souness. But the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, it was a bad, it was a bad pass. They lost the ball fine. They're losing games because defensively they're absolute garbage. Chris Smalling at this point shouldn't be doing this first year in the Premier League defending. One clean sheet in ten games. This is Manchester yeah. United. And this is the they were the second best defensive team last season. But that's why he wanted wanted a couple of centre halves in, in the summer. And that's why he's played players out of position. So we can let him off then because the players uh, ain't good no, enough. No, not at all, not at all. But maybe maybe he's trying Well, it must to, be out to a little bit maybe. because Lindelof and Smaller, even if you wanted Lindelof, he's not developed, he's not come on. Is it the well, coach's he's, fault? We he's can actually been definitely playing talk well. about last that. Last few games he's actually looked really good, I think. Lindelof. He's, he's still he's yeah. still a shaky mid-table defender. Else, <laughs> <laughs> we're lucky we're pre-recording this moment. Um but it is the what the defense needs to improve massively. Massively. And they're going to have eight players running at them. And but it doesn't help, doesn't help when you've got your midfielder trying to lift the ball over the. F- oh, you, you si- you're, you're siding with Sunes over here, are you? <laughs> Stop the sauce. But I mean, I'm, I, I said it earlier. Is just that when you look at Manchester United, now you don't know what they're about. They 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 haven't got an identity about and... what they do, how they do it, how, what do they play like. All you know is it's Manchester United because of the colour kit they're wearing and mm. the crest on on their shirt. That is it. You you don't know. If they're going to play out from the back, if they're going to go long, and it's you just don't know. And it's really now in terms of, and I remember saying it to someone the other day, teams are actually not respecting Manchester United anymore. Teams are going to Old not, Trafford, not afraid, anymore, not, afraid no. not afraid. Everyone knows theatre of dreams. Oof, if we manage to keep it nil nil for ten minutes or twenty minutes, it's, it's that's great. But now your people are going there thinking all we need to do is just just get at their defenders that's it and you know that something can happen so 
all of that respect element at Old Trafford now is gone and it's just it's just in a very strange way in terms of the height of where the Premier League is going. All of a sudden, you're seeing Manchester United decreasing in terms of that value of being a top team and competing. Uh, Got to move on. Chelsea against Crystal Palace, 4 o'clock on Sunday. Chelsea boss Maurizio Sarri unbeaten his first 10 Premier League games as a manager uh, at Chelsea, of course. Uh, seven wins and three draws. Only one boss. Just Premier League, this is. I don't go back longer than that. Just one boss has gone for a longer unbeaten run at the start of their tenure at a club in the Premier League. Quick quiz for the lads. Who is it? Mourinho at Chelsea. It's not Mourinho. He did 10 before. We're on to a new record. What is it? So one manager, yeah. Premier League history, yeah. has gone more than 10 games without defeat when they took over. Wenger. It's not Wenger. I'm going to do it. Do you want to guess? Ancelotti. Ancelotti, you've gone with some of the game's greats and you're right to do so. The answer Stuart Gray. was Frank Clark, 1994 Forest. with Nottingham ah, Forest. Okay. Last time it happened this good. Uh, and they did it last week, Ewan, without Eden Hazard. They don't need him. They've got Ross Barkley. They do need him. Britain's, my team. <laughs> Britain's Hazard, was he? Yeah. So smart. So smart. But, I mean, Hazard will probably be back this weekend. He looks like he's going to make a recovery from this back problem. Did he get in the team? Over Ross Barkley? You're joking. If he's fit, he's in the team. I, I would love to watch him every week. I think he's a magnificent player. Hmm. Balance, strength two great feet scores goals creates goals feet's feet he, he plays simple as that I but just want to see him go on again now though that's the thing it's not so much going again at Chelsea which I think he will do but go and do it again somewhere else I've been talking about Real Madrid all the time as being the next port of call well there's got to be a reason there's Antonio gonna... Conte is not getting that job isn't there it's got to be well, right away because what he doesn't want to bring no, Hazard no, in no, no point <laughs> giving Conte the job and then trying to get Eden Hazard in January of the summer is there imagine no, that not, I don't, nothing's going to happen in January I can't see him going there in January that's just going to mess up Sari's whole rest of season plans isn't mm. it but I just still think there's going to be more to come from him and I think like you said is coming back from the World Cup doesn't look one bit tired Fresh I think he's day, he? I think he's one of those ones he's still going on that adrenaline yeah. and the excitement and of playing in the World Cup total opposite to Hugo Lloris who's actually won the World Cup and he's gone the other way <laughs> but you're just seeing that he's like he, look, he looks like he's enjoying it now I think again when you talk about restraints I think a little bit under Conte last year where things weren't going quite well he was probably being reined in now all of a sudden Sari's like look you're my match winner you go and play I've got people behind us mm. that can that can clear up for you and what you like about him as a, as, a, as a character he probably thought he was on his way in the summer as well when Madrid was sniffing about mm. it didn't get the move that he I think he wanted he's just knuckled down and he's playing his football as, mm. as normal not sulking not throwing his toys out of the pram just getting better and better in a very impressive team as well just two points off the top unbeaten three teams unbeaten at the top it's incredible isn't it uh, City, Liverpool and well, Chelsea on that I was reading some stuff on, on Twitter today so it has been a, a, an amazing start to the season numbers wise we were talking about Bournemouth earlier Bournemouth and Watford have got the most points of any team to be in 6th and 7th position after after 10 games basically this the top 7 are just way above where you would normally expect to be at this point in the season which which points to you know the bottom teams mm. being even worse there is there is a, a growing gap between i mean and it were it not for manchester united's well documented issues this season you know it really would be you've you've seen that top 6 they are they really are so much better 
and more well resourced than than everyone else and it, I think only going to get worse over the next few years and one of the everyone else teams Crystal Palace are the visitors to Chelsea this weekend I've got to ask you about Wilfred Zahar now last season Manuel Lanzini was playing for West Ham against Stoke and the defender left his leg out Manuel Lanzini jumped over it West Ham got a penalty scored the first goal in the game went on to win the game Lanzini got a three match ban he cheated and got a ban that's the way it goes last week Wilfred Zahar saw a leg jumped over it got a penalty nothing nothing Wilfred Zahar is a cheat he is a cheat that's the facts of it and yet but why is there no punishment because of what he said the other week about getting attacked or not it weren't a pen anyway because Xhaka's clearly got the ball so I think it was more the referee has got it wrong Mm. not to the fact of alright yes Zaha's dive jumped over the leg but you can go back in time and punish though now can't you so he should be banned for this game the referee's made the decision of oh that's a pen but even if the referee looks back at it again and thinks well hold on I've actually made a mistake because Xhaka's actually won the ball because Xhaka does kick the ball first and obviously yes Zaha jumps over his leg as he does but I just think it's one of those ones why not go for it why not if you've stuck a leg if the leg's been there and there's a contact it is if well, he's not meant to because they brought in a ban but, for, for diving thing, retrospectively if he stays on his this is how the contradictory part if he stays on his feet because he can actually go and win the ball people will be like oh he should have fell down he should have fell down to get he's the pen too honest, he's being yeah. too honest yeah. but I would have said that but the other <laughs> side on this is, show now it's if you're getting if you're getting contact in the box go down you, you're getting told that if there's contact go down even if it's minimal yeah. telling you go down the people are that's the thing and if that's it, fine but what for man you got me with me he should have got a three match ban right this week he should have got a knock on the door you're banned you're a cheat surely because that's the same thing as we've seen. That is the Lanzini thing. For those that haven't seen it, YouTube it. It's think, there. It's the same thing. Yeah. I think Lanzini hurdled the leg. That was a different. I remember it was a nil across. They're and identical. Yes. Nah, they were. I think we'll find they they're were, identical. They, bring it up. Bring it up on the laptop. Come on. <laughs> I think. I think the thing with Zaha. Look, no Wi-Fi, mate. <laughs> I, I if only. What plenty of Watford fans have given Zaha a stick over the years. So I'm, I'm not going to go in too hard on him, but I think a lot of the time he's his own worst enemy because actually a lot of the time he does get fouled. There is contact, but it's just the way he goes down. Uh, he, he does make a meal of it, and it makes people like you, Tom, think that they're much worse than they actually are. And I think there was the penalty, the, the one that got missed uh, at Everton a few weeks ago. That was a penalty. but He's still got a stick but, for it as well. I, I saw it immediately. I was like, oh, here we go again. He's dived again. But then mm. you see the replay. There was a foul, yeah, but he makes it look like a like a dive, and then it just polarises opinion, and it is, it's a really tricky one. But why is there a difference between someone who always gets fouled like him someone like Hazard always gets fouled and then someone like Didier Drogba who always got fouled but it seems like at the moment it's let's just throw everything on Zaha because he dives but he's someone that's always getting tackled and he's always he's always so getting Hazard and I can't recall yeah. too many times where he's jumped he's, I mean do a better dive then at least but you've, you've seen Hazard try and obviously little minimal touches he goes down but there's never the complaint of, oh, that's not a free kick, he's dive. But, but he does it again a minute later, and then a minute yeah, later, and but then a minute later. It's the constants of, not saying protect these players, but there's always that contact or this better player in the team is yeah. always getting free kicks and always teams getting Teams are high in here, right? I understand, lads. It's all right. You've all got them in your fantasy teams. I understand. Right, we've got to move on. When we come back, it's Wolverhampton Wanderers up against always playing Tottenham. Dispossessed by Deli Ali. Ali driving forward for Tottenham Hotspur. Lamella! Oh, it's a bad miss, and Tottenham had a glorious opportunity to square it. Right, Wolverhampton Wanderers up against Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs 
third game in six days. Unbelievable. Um, I thought they were very poor for a lot of the game against Manchester City on Monday at Wembley. I was at the game and, and the, the pitch was bad. It was bad. They, the, both managers spoke about the pitch afterwards. It was when you were watching players pass to each other 10 yards, just square, simple passes, the stones into the port thing, and the ball was just bouncing all the way along. And all the kind of older, and I'm sure, all, everyone, <laughs> I think I'm the youngest man here, which is weird, but all the older journalists were all saying, well, in the 70s, it was like this. Yeah, in the 70s, you know, they didn't have... Proper football, yeah, it's great, yeah, isn't it? What's wrong with that? And the seventies, no standards, was there? Right, eh? spoiled. That's like what they were is. there in their flare trousers and their platform shoes. You know, I mean, the pitch was awful. Uh, before we get into the game, I just want to ask you this. I've been saying this for weeks now. At some point. Tottenham are going to get punished for this, right? So they already broke a rule this week. They had the NFL badge in the centre circle. That's not meant to be there, but they couldn't scrub it off in time. It was the NFL that worked overnight to try and get that badge off. They still haven't got a home ground. If they've, We're recording the show Wednesday. They might have beaten West Ham in the Cup. They haven't got a name, a home ground. They're not going to be able to play at this ground all season, right? It ain't going to happen. Why is that? Because have you been over there? It looks a little bit like the granddad's shed. They might have to, though. <laughs> So they're going to have to... Well, they've got to, they've got to do test events. It's got to be safe for people. No, so they've I, got I to mean, find a home they ground. They might have to play the remain, remainder of, of the season at Wembley. It's the fans that I feel sorry for, really, the most. And I was speaking to a few fans that, that work here. and it, You feel sorry for Tottenham fans? Yeah, I, well, I, I do in this instance because... <laughs> well, first of all, we never win anything, do they? So that's one. <laughs> the, cl- the club have managed it really badly. Building projects overrun all the time yeah, is not surprising. And mm. if, if everyone's expectations have been managed, it would have been fine. But they've been the, the club have always been the last people really to tell everyone what's going on we've always heard what's going to happen before and it's leaked in the in the papers and stuff before the next delay's been announced the fans are expecting a new stadium there's the season ticket issue they paid for one thing they're getting another there's refunds there's having to buy more expensive tickets then you've got a game like that that's after an NFL game because of the whole situation it's all it's all been a shambles but ultimately it will be fine it doesn't really affect anyone else in the league does it it's the Tottenham fans who lose out the most and you know you just got to get on with it but on the subject of, of bad pitches I was going to ask Jason did you play on, on the beach at Stamford yeah. Bridge yeah played that time yep. yeah I mean that, that's got to be the worst p- pitch it was in Premier League history it was quite surreal because when at Stamford Bridge you know you go down the steps and you come up the steps and it's just as you're coming up the last few steps and it comes in your eye line and it was just brown. But you're thinking, <laughs> was it sort of like a sun reflection coming down? And it's just, it's currently thinking, there's no there's no grass on here. It was lit there was no and grass. It was what, like two thousand four or something like that, wasn't About it? That, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was like, literally it was just sand and just rolled flat. That was it. And it was just one of those which you're thinking, Wow, okay, let's go crack on with this. Did you miss hit any passes that day? Scored a pen, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're dying for but, the pen. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, one of your former teams, Ewan. Um, Haven't scored a goal in two games. What's gone wrong? Um, they've not strengthened that position. They've brought, is it Jimenez? Yeah. Raul Jimenez, Jimenez, yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. striker. And he hasn't really hit the ground running. Um, they, they got off to such a good start. I think people got slightly carried away thinking... Top seven, top eight. All of a sudden, it's a bit of a reality check for them that they've lost their 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 last two. But I think this is going to be a really tough game for Spurs. You know, Molyneux, when it's rocking, there's no better place to play apart from Vicarage Road. Dave, I hasten to add. But yeah, they'll they'll be looking to get back to winning ways, especially when you think Spurs played Monday, play again tonight. Mm. 
So three games in in less than a week, it's going to be a tough ask. Big Champions League game a few yeah. days after this is game PS- against Wolves as well. PSV, PSV. At, at Wembley next week, must which is a, which is a must win. So it is, it is a very difficult ask for Tottenham. Going to be very interesting to see what what team they put out. Uh, got to move on. Man City against Southampton, three o'clock on Sunday. Weirdly. Um, at, at, at Wembley on, on Monday, I thought Man City were very poor for a lot of the game. And maybe it was the pitch, but the passing wasn't quite crisp. The I way they were trying to get forward, they wasn't great. I was thinking more defensively because I was going to lead to Benjamin Mendy. In the post-match, yeah. uh, I thought it was really interesting. Everyone's asking their questions. <laughs> One of the journalists said, Benjamin Mendy wasn't great tonight. Is he all right? <laughs> And Guardiola said, yeah, he's in the shower, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, defensively, Spurs should have scored two or three. The Lamella miss is, is obvious, but but do, do you think it was the pitch or do you think there was um, a little bit of fatigue and what, no, what, anything else? I don't think the pitch helped him, but you would expect him to score, you'd expect him to hit the target. Mm. But if you, he could use the quality of the surface as an excuse because it was shocking. It just bobbles as it gets to him, doesn't get his body over it. But so you thought Man City were good first half? Then? I thought they were. Yeah. I thought the way they passed. I thought the way Sterling was down that left hand side. I thought they looked good first half. Jace, no pun intended, but I think it could have been an American football score to start. <laughs> I think that's that's where they were looking. That's yeah. how you thought it could have it could have ended up in terms of the way they did they did perform first half. And I think in terms of the second half, I think they allowed Tottenham to grow into it yeah. a little bit too much. I think they it was them not getting that second goal you always thought that Tottenham were going to get a chance because it's very very unlikely where you see City being only a goal ahead for a long period of time against uh, any team really Mm. but especially a team of Tottenham's quality where you think it's just going to take that one opportunity to change things they should have been out of sight they should have been yeah and it makes me laugh people people always question City defensively best record defensively last season what they conceded this year yeah but also Tottenham were succeeding on the, so but Tottenham were conceding that they, they were playing some great big diagonal balls into Harry Kane and every time he won it because Stones and the port we've let him have it or couldn't get off him Fernandinho wasn't deep enough and it, it was Spurs fault for not doing it enough last two minutes the two centre-halves kept passing to each other every time I watch someone do the high ball against Man City they struggle and every and then you obviously then you've got to have good defenders as well. Often it's teams like Cardiff that try and play the high ball and they've got no one at the back and they can't deal with people running at them. But if you knock it long against Man City, you're going to get some joy. You know, they, if you were playing up front, you and you just got a couple of goals in that game. Man City are unbeaten every single time when Merrick Laporte has played in the Premier League. I find that incredible. Nope. I just I just find go. that incredible. I don't doubt Nine, you. 19, 19 <laughs> matches, one seventeen drawn two since he's been in the team. He's the only player to Man City to play all ninety minutes of every game this season. That's why they paid such mm-hmm. big money for yeah. it. Uh, really briefly, they're playing Southampton this weekend, and Southampton they are fifth from bottom as it stands, above the four we thought would be in and around it, uh, and they look right in that mix, don't they? Just one win this season, just six goals scored. Mark Hughes, I think, has just won three games since coming in. Uh, last season, he just kept can that last? Year. The well, Mark, the Mark they, Hughes before there? they sack him, yeah. Would it be harsh because the players aren't good enough? Because the record over they've his period a, there is terrible. A poor squad, a very poor squad. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Poor squad. No goals. Agreed. 
Well, they've consistently lost their best players over the last three, four, five years, if you want to say. They haven't replaced them either by buying good players from outside or by developing youngsters in the way that they have done in, in previous seasons. And, and if that happens, inevitably, you know, this is what happens. It's going to catch the up most, with you yeah, sooner or yeah, later. Most yeah. of the quality of their youngsters are all out on loan. And it's more based on in terms of the two, including a Mark Hughes, the previous manager, haven't hasn't really mm. included those type of players where the ones in the past have integrated one or two and have gone yeah. on to get more games. Yeah. So if you think of Matt Target, who Target. went out on loan to Fulham last, Fulham last year, yeah. you know, you think someone who's had a very good season in the championship, been part of a promotion team, getting back into your group, let's see what happens. But nothing's changed in the academy. I think it's just in terms of the with Mark Hughes included and the previous manager, just not getting anything out from the players that they've got. Mm. And is it the the coaches and the manager not making them better players or the players are just not good enough to compete in the Premier League. A similar sort of debate with Newcastle right now. Take on Watford this weekend, three o'clock on Saturday. Oh, I mean, the home form. Uh, lost all five of their home Premier League games, winless in their last 10 Premier League games so far this season. Never failed to win in their first 11 in a top flight campaign. Um, it's a game against Watford at home that Newcastle have quite simply got a win, but when you watch Watford, uh, certainly against Huddersfield last week, fair enough, Huddersfield defensively were very, very poor. But going forward, the talents of people like De La Feu and, and Pereira, and you look at the way Newcastle are going to have to try and stop all these attacking threats coming at them, I just can't see a scenario where Newcastle win this game. What is the scenario? I think it's, in a strange way, I think it's not, not so much a do or die for Newcastle, but I think it's that type of do or die but I don't think um, Benitez would get a sack type do or die I no. think it's more I was talking they, about getting a new contract wasn't there in last week I think it's more in terms of well, them I mean, actually yeah. needing a win I hope he doesn't they, get paid for win Mike actually <laughs> knows I mean he's, he's bad it's bad enough already if he sacked Rafa Benitez I mean he would never be able Best. to set foot in the city but what, yeah. if they're, what, if they're bottom, what if they're in the bottom three with less than 10 points with 20 games gone he still it, keeps it does he? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, get, should, but should who are you he get any better? I mean, okay, fair enough. You can't get anyone better, but that's but a, that, think, that's the kind of record that gets everyone sacked, right? Yeah, if I said that's what I mean to do. I die. Everybody. Thing, but he won't. I, I can't see him getting sacked. If it was another manager and they lost this game at the weekend, they're out the door. If not, they should have been out the door already. Ten games and no wins. Mm. But I think what you said is with what Ashley's already got on his shoulders. They lose this game at the weekend and Saka Benitez. Wow, that's yeah. that's going to be total Saka Benitez at the headline. <laughs> Saka Benitez. You're working for the Sun these days, eh? Good. Just look at the players they brought in over the summer. They bought Key and Fernandez from Swansea, mm. who, who went down. They bought Rondon, Rondon. from West Brom, yep. who went down. They bought him when he weren't even fit. They sent Dwight Gale the other week. I think they've scored six goals. Defensively, they're not bad. They've only conceded one less than Arsenal. So defensively, they're not bad. They just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, in the bottom three, as things stand, and Watford, one of the better teams away from home in the Premier League as well. Two wins already on the road, seven points in total. Uh, and you must have enjoyed it last week, Dave. It was a tremendous yeah, performance against I, Huddersfield. I was there. Um, and it was a, one of those strange games where actually... Watford didn't start very well. Huddersfield had a lot of possession in the first five, ten minutes and they forced Foster into a few saves and I, I'm sitting in the stands as a fan thinking, well, hang on lads, what's going on? Here we go. We're, gonna, we're already going to lose to Huddersfield again, aren't we? No matter how bad they are. But then two, two 
bits of brilliant individual skill, first from Pereira, second from Delafeo, ably assisted, must be said, by the Huddersfield defenders, not wanting to put a tackle in at any point. But still, they produced two goals out of nowhere, and then it was home and dry. And then you saw Watford trying to score brilliant goals and came really close on a few occasions to scoring some amazing goals. And it was a canter at the end. And I, I think that, that this game at the weekend... The first goal is really, really, really important. I mean, as 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 it always is in most football matches. But I think if Watford score early and they and they and they start doing the things that they were doing to Huddersfield last week, I think it could be you know embarrassing for Newcastle. It could be a toxic situation up there because it's going so badly. But if Newcastle score first, the fans get up. You know they've got a chance. But it is, as Jason said, it's a it's a massive match. They've got this uh, home game against Watford, and then the week after they play Bournemouth at home as well. So that they've got to get some points from those two games. Thing is, Dave Watford now. You might as well say they're safe for the start that they've had. Absolutely, you know, and they'll go up there. But what they've got There's to do, no pressure. You're, you're right. You're right. What they've got to do is this isn't the first time that they've been in a situation where they've had a lot of points yeah. early in the season. Manager be sacked in January. Last, yeah. The last three seasons, they've got to avoid the drop off. But I'm I'm confident from what I've seen from the from the coach that 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 won't happen this season. I don't think you'll have quite. I think we if the current form we'd we'd end up on something like 76 points or something ridiculous so obviously it's going to level out at some point but I don't think it'll be you know off a cliff face like it has been the last few seasons Champions League Hornets on the horizon looking forward to it Um, tell you who's not going to be in the Champions League they're going to be in the Championship that's Huddersfield Town they take on Fulham uh, Monday Night Football you and you and I are doing this one I give the games out I don't know why I've done this to myself (laughs) I really don't Um, they could become only the second team in English Football League history to fail to score in their first six home games of a season uh, Mansfield in 1971 the last time it happened I just don't see what the process is for them to score a goal I don't know whether we talked about it from Man United earlier is it get wide and cross to big departure is it play through midfield because there's no runners for Pritchard and Moy to look on to so what do they do and I mean to be fair if you can't score a goal against Fulham right now you can't score a goal no. so is this a good fixture for Huddersfield not for me, no. Uh, it's not. It's not. I, I, I think. Well, are there no good fixtures? There are. Not <laughs> <a> minute, they're not. <laughs> they, look, they look doomed, and I hate saying it because I spent three and a half great years up there. Managing didn't really strengthen in in the summer. There was a lack of goals last season. I think the two that you mentioned, De Patra and Mounier. Yeah. They only scored thirteen between them. They, now, they haven't hit the back of the net yeah. this season. And when you defend like you do against Watford, I mean, I think it was the second goal where um, Delafoy went past yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Lover yeah. and then Jonathan Hogg. I think just, it was embarrassing. You were happy with Hogg there, it weren't was you? It was the other names in, didn't like. It was embarrassing. <laughs> and then uh, Van... Van der Parra. No, the Peri- the, Pereira. Yeah, his goal. He's got six headers for oh, yeah. Not, one, not one tackle. And he just walked in. He just sort of sauntered in in a straight line in. as well. It really. looks as if yeah. they've, they've thrown the towel in and... and He's another one, um, David Wagner. How long do they give him? Hmm. Because he's done a tremendous job. You know, got them out of nowhere into the Premier League, produced a miracle last season in keeping them up. But how long do they keep the faith with him for? Uh, what players they're giving him, I suppose, is I mean, the other question. It's, it's, it's a good point. But I, I think he gets a lot more time than his opposite number does in, in this weekend. I think Jukanovic is the man that if, if something happens and they lose this game to Huddersfield Town, then I think everyone's going to be looking at him and thinking, you know... Because he's had loads of money as well. Yeah. He's spent, spent a lot know? of money and yeah. there hasn't... There's been no identity of this is the Fulham that we saw last year, regardless of going up a level, mm. but you're not seeing any traits of a Fulham from last season. And I was going to jump on that with Huddersfield. 
from when they first came up, there was something about them. Everyone looked yeah. and said, oh, we like what we see here. This is, And then it started phasing out a little bit, saw a glimpse of it. But Huddersfield, there's nothing to what we've seen in the past. And I think it's the same now with Fulham. There's no no sort of fast attacking play or overload in the box or anything like that. It's just very much like, oof, this isn't, they said in terms of their defending, this isn't the Fulham that we sort of saw in the championship. It's it's a totally different side. And I think, like you said, it could be either or, but I don't think it would happen to Huddersfield if the result didn't go their mm. way. I think if you look at Huddersfield last season, they got off to a great start, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did, yeah. What, seven points from their first Beat Palace league. first yeah, game. I yeah, think they... Beat Newcastle one 0 and, yeah. and drew with. They beat United. Man U was like yeah. October time, maybe. Yeah. Like that yeah. sort of stood them in good stead. They were all fresh. They were all new. They were, had that momentum from winning promotion. Well, they're not new anymore, hmm. and I, I think they're 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 bang in trouble. And I was surprised at Yukanovich's comments this week when he said, "Well, I'm not going to change my style of play. I believe in 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 our." System and, and a and swinging door policy. <laughs> I'm not Sometimes you you have to bite the bullet. Not yeah. worried. They're going four four two going yeah. on Monday. <laughs> well, listen. That back to basics thing. No, it it kind of leads us to Brighton in a lot of ways because if you're Huddersfield Town or even Fulham right now, I know he said he won't change it, Jace. But if you're if you're looking at the way Brighton have done the last three weeks, one nil wins, and it does feel like in all those games they were let's get a corner and try and score from that. And also, if we don't concede a goal here, we are going to get something from yeah. it. And and they go Everton this weekend, and, and I'm sure they'll play exactly the same way. And there's no reason why it wouldn't work. And it's like what the Fulham guys has said: is I'm not going to change my ways. You can still keep doing what you're doing, but probably have a little bit more stability, ball, or have a little bit more stability, yeah. or just come back a notch on how many players you overcommit. So there's ways of how you can tweak things. But with Brighton, that's their model. That's how they do things. That's their structure. And it's if we can get our goals from open play is a bonus if we can get them from set plays is a double bonus but ultimately they're looking to try and get their goals mm. from open play because of this is what we believe in how we're going to play and that is Chris Human. yeah exactly he's always been that he was, he was hammered for it a little bit because oh, he's, t- he's too negative he's too defensive that's how he is mm. he's not going to change and at home they're on fire at home I think this will be be a step too far for them to go up to, to Everton mm. and, and come away with anything I always found it astonishing that Norwich thought they were too good for Chris Hewton. I know. I always I found know. that amazing. I know. We had but Norwich it, fans in the office it, at the time and they just they give him so much stick and I'm, I still can't believe in it. In their defence, mm. he was on a shocking run. And, I, you know, if you're going to be defensive, that's fair enough. Mm. But you can concede six at the Emirates. You can concede five. Oh, do you remember that goal by Jeremy Goss? Turn it down, Norwich <laughs> fans. Uh, right, one more game we haven't mentioned. Uh, West Ham against Burnley. Of course, this game last year was the pitch invasion and the the board out and all that sort of stuff. West Ham, you know what? Defensively been very, very good in the last few weeks. Conceded that late goal for Wilfred and Didi. And again, it might again lead back to Chris Hutton and, and what the other teams have got to do. They, if they lose a game, they don't lose it by much. They were getting hammered last season. That was an intentional pun. And the season before. But these sorts of, you know, they're not. And I think this might be quite a, a close game, a tight game. I suppose it depends on what, what West Ham players who go forward are actually fit. This might be a good good one for your nil-nil this weekend. Nah. nah. You don't think? Nah. They've conceded nine in their last two, Tom. Yeah, West Ham will have nah. Grady D and Garner. We'll, um... Born in this millennium. He's Generation is, Z. Is that Anoutovic going to be back? Um, apparently he's ill at the moment we will see 
Without Anatovic, I think West Ham have got a lot, a lot of issues. And of course, if he's not fit. Well, Mark Noble suspended. Midfield will be Rice, um, Robert Snodgrass, and. Why do you sort of insert another player? Not snigger, but laugh when you say Snodgrass. Robert Snodgrass. He gives you everything, Tom. <laughs> if if you'd have told me after spending a hundred million pounds that Robert Snodgrass would still be in midfield, I think I'd go for a nervous <laughs> breakdown and several drinks because that makes no sense. But that's where they are. That's where it they is. are right now. Uh, uh, briefly on Burnley, uh, it's the kind of game for them that old Burnley might have lost. Made a old old yeah. Burnley might have won. Where are they now, Burnley? I think they are where. Where they should be, I think they yeah. overachieved last year. You know, they were grinding results out one 0 solid defensively, stuck to their beliefs, just nicking games. Um, okay, they might have had the Europa League at the beginning of the season. I don't think that. I think as a, as an ex-player, I would rather a competitive game in pre-season than these meaningless friendlies. So I think that would only stand in in, in good stead. I just I wouldn't say they've been found out. I think they are where people expected them to be no. last season. Uh, yeah, eight points, three outside the relegation zone, as are West Ham right now. And one final one on this game. No keepers in the Premier League have made more saves this season than Lucas Fabianski of West Ham and Joe Hart of Burnley. They've both made 44 saves each. Joe Hart didn't make one save during his time at West Ham. What's going on? Oh, what is this about? You just said that West Ham is solid defensively. That can't yeah. be the case if he's, he's been overworked. I think he? most of them was in the Liverpool game, yeah. to be fair. It's about 20 <laughs> shots uh, that he saved in that one. Uh, lads, we're out of time. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, if you are listening to this programme on a radio network, you can download an extended podcast to search for a Premier League preview show, ACAS, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Enjoy it on your commute. Um, we'll see you next week. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.